Hey everybody, Coach Shondale here. Wanted to give you a quick introduction. Uh, got another interview uh, that I want to share with you that I did for my principal's leadership class uh, just a couple of months ago. Uh, coach Rich Pop, he is our dean of students. He was our head football coach for a few years uh, before he decided to step back from that and concentrate on some other things. Uh, but you know what? This man, I've been a big fan of his uh, from day one. The first day I met him, when he walked into Lakeshore High School, I introduced myself. Uh, I kind of knew who he was. I heard, you know, heard the from the grapevine, so to speak. And uh, this dude has done nothing but impress me with um, his kindness. Uh, his heart is in the right place. He loves making a difference with kids and, and helping them to see uh, their own possibilities along with um, taking some responsibility for their lives too. You know, you would think a dean of students isn't the most fun job in the world as far as you know, a lot of times you hear people talking about the same way with assistant principals, um, but you know, disciplining kids and you know, suspending kids, and you're the, you're you're the one that nobody wants to see, and blah blah blah. Well, let me tell you, what I've seen um, is that plenty of kids do respect Coach Pop, and uh, he has a great message uh, for my seniors in this speech. And again, I thought it was valuable enough to bring to you to share. And there's just fantastic lessons for all of us whether we're a high school senior moving on or whether you're like me, mid-50s, I'm still learning. And I love learning from this guy. So I hope you just sit back, enjoy um, this great interview that uh, I did with uh, Rich Pop. And uh, again, I will put some contact information. Uh, he is out there uh, on social media. And uh, I think you definitely would like to get connected with this man right here. So sit back, enjoy. And uh, remember, find me over on Facebook at the end. I'm not going to say it in the interview, right? But I'm saying it now. Find me over on Facebook at Coach to Expect Success, over on Twitter at Coach to Success, Coach John Daly on Instagram, Coach to Expect Success.com. Blog has been updated a few times. I do that again. Uh, book list is getting updated too, so reach out and find me there. But sit back and enjoy my talk with Coach Pop. Thanks. <laughs> Hey everybody, good to see you guys, although you're not seeing, I, I'm not seeing you, you're going to see me when you watch this video, but um, our next guest speaker is here in the house, uh, Coach Pop, you all know, uh, he's been around a lot, doing a lot of great things here the last few years, uh, Rich has uh, spoken to our leadership classes the last few times, it always just brings us just a wealth of knowledge and um, compassion and understanding and uh, a great way of storytelling. Um, he is at school today because uh Coach, you were just giving out some food, weren't you, with the other administrators? Yes, sir. Uh, myself and uh, John Hartley passed out uh, 3,000 meals today. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, every Tuesday and Friday, we're out there in uh, 10 to 1, and the community is just so appreciative. It's unbelievable. That's fantastic. And some of those things um, that you see the appreciation on people, uh, not only is it you guys out there giving out the meals, but you've had some partnership with, is it Viviano? Yeah, Viviano brings over flowers, and uh, it's just amazing. We we give out probably I'm not even kidding, close to three four thousand dollars worth of flowers. Oh my God! Uh, oh yeah, it, it's a, it's there's just a row of them. It's so beautiful, and then you know the they're they're so appreciative the people who get them, and we actually had one lady just broke down in tears. You know, I just think sometimes they're really really tough, and she just took that as a a generous generous giving. 
from somebody she couldn't have expected it from, and it just uh, really hit her. So it was wonderful. Oh, that's fantastic. It sounds like it's uh, kind of an emotional couple hours out there with seeing people, huh? No doubt about it. It puts a lot into perspective, and, mm. you know, their genuine um, feedback of positivity and, and the mm. welcomeness of us, you know, getting, you know, we're right there face-to-face -face with our face masks on and everything, and just a big smile back every time and a thank you, so makes it all worthwhile. That's fantastic. That is, folks, that's one of the uh, many definitions of leadership, uh, what we see in this class and what, uh, what this class is about is to show you stuff, you know, behind the scenes. You know, there's no news coverage out there. There might be a few little things on uh, social media about it with some pictures and stuff, but leaders do what leaders need to do, and it's all for and centered around people that are in need, that need help, uh, that need guidance, that need a helping hand, and the smiles and the tears are all part of it, too. Uh, yeah, Rich, thanks for sharing that story. I think we all need to have the perspective of things, so that's awesome. Well, I think um, you just hit on a, a major point that the kids and, and all leaders who are really doing what they're supposed to do, you know, leadership is a position of service. Mm. You know, you are, you are building others around you at all times, and that's what great leaders do. Um, and, and, you know, it's an interesting position because everyone looks at the leader as the forerunner. And, yep, you're right. Sometimes that's the case. But always, like you mentioned, behind the scenes is building those up around you. That's fantastic. That's a huge definition. In fact, uh, if you're watching this video, go back, rewind that. Get back to what he just said. And that should definitely be in, uh, in your notes. Uh, so, Rich, why don't, you, why don't you back the bus up here a little bit and take us back to where'd you grow up and um, – family life, you know, siblings or anything, um, and kind of uh, where you went to high school and uh, how you ended up in education? Well, I have uh, three siblings. I have two sisters and a brother. We grew up in Westland, Michigan and went mm -hmm. to Livonia schools. Um, consequently, I went to Livonia Franklin High School. Mm -hmm. uh, both of my parents were teachers. Two of my sisters are teachers. Um, <clears throat> we have a rebellious brother who became a doctor, but we keep him <laughs> in the family. <laughs> But, uh, you know, and, and again, if you look at the situation I grew up in, I was taught that service is what you do for others at all mm. times. You know, two parents, teachers, two sisters, and my brother's a doctor who services, uh, services still. And uh, I grew up with a wonderful childhood. I really did. A lot of love. Um, you know, there was a lot of praise when you did things that you're supposed to do and how you did it. And there was also a lot of, nope, that's not the way it's done. You're starting over and doing it again, yeah. you know, and you, you learn a lot of really good lessons that way. And instead of, um, instead of being satisfied with something that, uh, mm. in the words of my dad is half ass, you're not going to, you are going to put forth an effort that is going to be reflective of you. So I learned to take pride in things at a very young age and, uh, both parents did a very good job of backing each other up on those kinds of things. And I truly had wonderful parents and, and great siblings. And really my entire family with family reunions that went back and all kinds of things like that. i very, very fortunate. So I'm in uh, junior high at the time for me, which was seventh grade, uh, seven, eight, nine. And in seventh grade, I knew I wanted to become a teacher wow. and a coach and a dad. I mean, that was going to be my life's work. Nice. Yeah. And, you know, and I would tell people like, ah, how would you know by now? And how, you know, and some people are 30, they don't know what they want to do. Yep. So, and now I understand that. Um, and they put some perspective on it, but I always wanted to become that. And, and again, and I have to be honest, it wasn't because my parents were teachers. It's because I didn't see a lot of value in school a lot of times. Mm. And I wanted to create an environment 
where kids would come in and one, not be disgusted with where they were, but most importantly, would see some value in what they're doing that will happen later in the future. And I was just talking to Mr. Hartley today that my children who are now, you know, 30 down to 20, they will tell me some of the things that we learned together as a family that now pertain to them at 28, 25 years old. Mm. So very much like my parents did, I, I'm very blessed that they will tell me those things because you have a good relationship. And it, it, it kind of tells you, you know what, you did it right. Mm. You did it right. And that's the other thing, you know, putting leadership and growing up together is everything's not just for today. It's building also people for a future. Mm. So those kind of go hand in hand. Oh, man, that's awesome. I'm trying to get some notes here on you, brother. This I is like good. It. I like it. Wow, that's awesome. Good deal. So um, last year uh, was your final year of coaching football. Yes. And was that a, uh, a long thought out decision? Was it a plan? Did, did something happen um, kind of fast to make you think that way? And do you have some alternative ideas of what's next for you? Uh, it's interesting you mentioned that. Uh, again, being a leader at something, you always surround yourself who are, with people who are better than you in an expert area. Mm. And uh, along comes Will Povlowski. You guys all know Coach Will. Coach Will. And he has um, a love and a care for this entire community, along with the football program and school, that um, is second to none. And he, we're now in our second year, which is a previous year together. And I knew at that time that this, this man was going to be the head coach of this program for 20 plus years. Ah. And I said, you know what? You've come here and done what you needed to do. You've got it on a really solid ground. You've built the program up to a respectful place. Now you need to turn it over to the person who's going to lead it for 23 or 25 or 30, whatever he decides years. So I'm super excited. And that, quite frankly, was the, was the plan. Okay. And it wasn't a plan for me. It's going to be X amount of years. But once I found that person who was going to love the program, because um, it's him at the core. He was a Lakeshore alumni. He's back here teaching now X amount of years. And so it, it all fell into place. That's fantastic. Yeah, Will's, Will's a good guy. In fact, Will is definitely um, on the – I'll share it now with the kids. Um, the short list of speakers. Absolutely. Uh, so he'll be on soon. Um, I'm going to see if somebody can come here and get Kirby. He's heard something that he's a little worked up about. <laughs> I thought he was napping here next to me, but that's not the case. No, not right now. He's not. No, nope, not at all. <laughs> so what about uh, coach things going on right now? Uh, family, what what's your family structure now? You told us a little bit about the past where you grew up and uh, with siblings and stuff. What's going on now in uh, Coach Pop's house? Well, I've got six children in all. I've got a daughter of mine who's in California, a son of mine who's shortly going to be moving to Seattle. Wow. Uh, my oldest daughter is um, the mother to my grandchild, and she's pregnant again, so we're super excited about oh, that. Wow, congrats. I have one daughter who's a nurse, so she's on the front lines of all of this over at St. Mary's Hospital, and uh, so she shares her stories with us pretty much daily. Uh, one son who is in uh, physician's assistant school at Eastern, and one is a sophomore at Michigan State. And those two are back home with us. Mm, uh, all the others are out on their own. So, yeah, we're really happy to have those guys home. And um, so that makes it real fun. And things are, are different, of course, because we went from none to two in the house at all times. Um, but we just love it. And 
blessed beyond belief, Mr. Daly. My goodness. I have tremendous children who are tremendous people, mm. you know, and, um, you know, I hear parents talk about their children and I feel every time they, they share those wonderful stories because I, I get to share them back with them. Uh, so that's kind of our, our deal right now with our brood. And um, we're super excited to have great relationships with them. We do a Zoom meeting every Wednesday night. Whoever can jump on, jumps on. And we just make sure everybody's okay and see what they need and uh, share some laughs, of course. And uh, yeah, that's where we stand right now. That's fantastic. I, I, the thought just popped back in my head about when you were in seventh grade, one of the three things you wanted to become was a dad. Yes. Is that your number one favorite job in the world? And looking back in seventh grade, is it blowing your mind as far as how blessed you are now? Did you ever see this coming as far as the way your life is, where you're at, what you're doing, you love what you do? Was, were you just hoping for it? Did you have this kind of mapped out in your head? Again, I, I'm such a fortunate person. All along the way of my entire life has always been um, again, not perfect. Please don't, don't misunderstand, but it's always been happy. It's always mm. been positive. Even when the storm is going on, like now, I live in a state of positivity and happiness. I'm, I'm a joyful person because of so many people around me who are phenomenal. So if I'm going to give you guys a tip out there who are listening, surround yourself with really, really good people. Mm. Uh, not people who are going to drag you down, but people who are going to support you. They're going to challenge you but they're going to support you in that challenge. Uh, and you end up living a happy life. I mean, I did, no matter what I did and when it, when it transpired, I've been happy. And John, I was just thinking about you and I meeting right outside this office. You were the first person I encountered of the interview crew um, and found out you were a CC person and we had so much in common. Your, your roommate in college was a, was a guy I coached his sons. You know, just it's such a small world that we got to make sure and, and be responsible with who we are in that small world because your name is going to get out there somehow, some way, and you never know when and how and to whom. That's right. So you take that responsibility upon yourself mm. and you end up creating a really good life, in particular when you surround yourself with really good people. That's fantastic. Who, who are some of those good people for you back in your past, Rich, that, uh, you know, looking back now, you could definitely point at and, uh, and, and say they had a huge difference in where I am today and what I'm doing. And as a follow-up, have you thanked that person or those people? You know, each facet of your life uh, has an opportunity to have influential people come into it. Um, I look back at one of the little league coaches I had, and he was one of the guys we would meet up at his house on bikes on a day we didn't have baseball. We would go up to Daly and get a foot long and a Coke or go to 7-Eleven, get a Slurpee. And I, and I learned a lot of giving to others who you're leading through that person, Mr. Broski. Never forget that. Um, so I'm, I don't know, 27, 28, shooting pool at a pool hall. And there he walks in with his son to shoot pool. And I literally walked up to him and told him the influence he had and impact he had on me as a coach. Oh, wow. And I explained it. Why? And he's like, well, you know, that would just be stuff I would just do. And I said, that's the point. You weren't looking for praise. You weren't looking for thank you cards. You, I don't even know if we ever thanked you, mm. but you did it every time. And it was just an amazing thing. I had a teacher, um, a foreign language teacher, Miss Sebastian, uh, in ironically my seventh grade year. And she was such an example of a giver that it was unbelievable. In a classroom mm. to 30 kids she didn't know. 
it didn't matter because the relationship she built, which is the lesson I learned about going in education, building those relationships is the key to everything. Amen. And uh, so I, I have utilized those two strategies, but I would say the most, probably the most influential person in my life is my grandfather on my dad's side. Mm. Uh, he, at 16 years old, his brother froze a football to a tee. And he said, hey, George, let's go kick a football. Of course, he was up for that. Uh, he kicked the frozen ball, and his hip bone was a foot outside of his hip because it snapped. <sighs> yeah. So he spends a year at the age of 16 to 17 in U of M Hospital. And he comes out of that. He comes up his life. And now, obviously, many years later, he has my dad. And then there's many years later, here I come. He walked with a limp his entire life. He was a traveling salesperson. Oh, jeez. He... We had to purchase a certain car. It was a Toronado because he had to slide in from the passenger side across to the driver's side because he couldn't bend his leg to get in from the driver's wow. side. All kinds of things. And, and John, I mean, not once. I think he passed away. I was 35-ish. Not once did he ever complain about anything. I don't mean about pain or life or it's raining. Never did I hear him complain. Mm. And every day he was in a multitude of pain from his hip and how he had to walk differently. So that brought other pains. He was a diabetic person. Never once did he complain about anything. Wow. Um, and storyteller, holy smoke and holy. I could go over <laughs> stories for days that he would tell. And um, so he had a, a major impact on me that I believe still steers my life because I kind of, I have him right here when I need to make a decision. Um, and he guides me still as a conscience. That's fantastic. Oh, yeah. my God. And you look at um, a serious incident like that where so many different things could have happened. You know, being in a hospital at that age during that time period, um, not only things that could have happened to him, but the way he made up his mind that he wasn't going to let this define him. That's right. You know, and choices I, uh, and everything that he made, your dad came along, and then now you. Yes, you absolutely. Know, that, absolutely. That's Leaders make different decisions and choices that affect people so far down in the future that we don't know about. You right, know? right. So if he makes the bad choice of playing a victim, being mad, being upset, um, you know, kind of sulking, hunkering in, not being social, not connecting with people, who knows what would have happened? Now, you know, in my next part of my discussion here, you're going to think you and I have talked to this, but you segued right into this, so we haven't spoken about a thing. Right. It's Life is always about choices. Yeah. And I've, uh, as, I've, as I've grown up just a little bit, uh, now, now at 55. Still growing, right, Coach? Absolutely. Uh, you know, what I've recognized is that the simplicity of the choice you're going to make might be difficult, but how you go about making it is very, very simple. And I, and I liken to what my grandfather did, and you just nailed it. You either make a choice to move closer to success, or you make a choice that pushes you further away. That's it. Being kind to people makes me closer to being a successful person. Putting the dishes away out of the dishwasher moves me closer to being successful. Every little choice mm. you can think of has to do with that. And of course, the converse is true as well. The people who oh, woe is me, and this is a reason I can't, and that's a reason I didn't, and they're moving away from success. So I think it's, um, I appreciate you segueing into that because that's a, a perfect lead up. Choices are so important, and the decision you actually have to make might be difficult, but if you think about it, am I moving closer 
or further away from success, you got a good chance at making a good choice. Love that. Yeah, we talked about that in um, that book I shared. It was one of the first lectures I gave in these two classes, the Leading Leaders to Leadership. Um, and that was one of the major points out of the book. Every choice you make, every decision you make, either takes you closer to what you want to go after, what you want to be, what you want to have, or it's taking you further away. That's it. And so um, I forgot the admiral's name. He, he wrote the book and he gave a speech down at University of Texas about make your bed. Yeah. Yeah. That Just making your bed, just putting away the dishes, just, you know, seeing something, you pick it up. Yes. Right? Those Our types of little things yes. open up because we've also talked about how people are always watching. You betcha. You know? And and you don't know that they're watching and you don't even know the people that are watching, right? But they see you doing kind acts. They see you being compassionate. They see you helping people. That sets in turn in motion a whole bunch of different things that can happen all because of what you decided to do, but yet you might not be thanked for it. You're not going to make any money for it. No one's going to tell you they did, but there's just so many of those things. I bet you, you see that every day, don't you? Oh, absolutely. All the time. Uh, I, you know, and, and I see, you see both, both aspects. You see the person who does mm. exactly what you're talking about and what's it generally do puts a smile on your face. And then you see the people who won't and you think, boy, I wonder, I really, I hope that person is okay. You know, cause you wonder why people do the things they do. And I would never, I'm non-judgmental about those things. I just kind of hope that they're okay as people kind of a thing. Um, but boy, that person who sparks, like you said, a chain reaction of one positive act after another, one kind act after another, man, oh man, I just, you just love seeing that. Yeah, that's totally true. Uh, shifting gears there a little bit with kind of what's going on um, with the stay-at-home order and we're not in school with you. There's probably, what, two or three people in the building with you doing what they got to do. Right. It's very quiet, so I hope you're not running up and down the hallways or anything. <laughs> um, what, what's been the hardest lesson for you to learn during all this? What's been the hardest thing for you to, to kind of come to grips with and, and kind of deal with? Well, as, as you know yourself, being in education in any way, shape, or form, it's always about the people mm. and missing the kids yes. and missing the staff and, and missing the hellos and the smiling faces or even helping someone figure something out. You know, people look at my, my job as a dean, oh, all you do is deal with discipline, that and the other thing. Well, that is true. That's what happens most of the day. But it's always an opportunity to help change someone's thinking or their life. Mm -hmm. And if you look at it just, I, I know you're the same way, and you look at it that way, you've got a really good opportunity to have a really good day. So missing the people is by far the most difficult part of this situation. So Myself, I run three or four Zoom meetings a week with kids from all over the state of Michigan on leadership. Uh, so I stay in contact with them. Um, I'm in constant contact with families at Lakeshore via email or phone calls uh, in order to make sure they're okay or if their needs are met, so on and so forth. So you try the best you can to stay in touch. But boy, seeing the, the hustle and bustle of the hallways and, you know, it's just 33 years for me now, and all of a sudden it comes to a drastic halt. Like, come on, man, I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. It's, it's been, it didn't take long, like a day or two for me to realize how much I miss my students yes. and miss, miss the staff that I get to work with. And uh, it's been tough. And I'll be, I'll be totally honest, there's been most days, um, at some point in time during the day, I'm shedding tears. Yeah. You know, it's not yes. because I'm watching the news all the time, which I'm not. It's usually right. about an hour or so at night, local and national, and my wife and I talk, and 
Um, but it's just, it's really hitting the, the, the family aspect, the people that are um, going through still tough times yes. that they still need help, but yet it's different than if things were normal. Yep. The help would be there sooner, quicker. Yes. Um, but now there's all these, you know, different restrictions and stuff. How, how, how do you think education is going to be after we get through this? Like what, and it's not a light switch. It's going to be turned on, but do you think there's some lasting lessons here for education? Well, first and foremost, I believe we need to adopt part of the model that we actually have going now. We have hmm. the capabilities of having the distance learning be a part of our everyday educational world. Now, that doesn't mean every day, all day, or anything of that nature, but I certainly think that we need to provide kids with these opportunities um, and, and teachers the opportunities to learn how that works. Hmm. If you think about it, for most of us, it was all of a sudden you are thrust into 100% use of technology in distant learning. Many of our teachers have already adapted it because they've been on Schoology. The kids are used to being on Schoology. We're so far ahead of a lot of other districts, it's unbelievable. Mm -hmm. um, so I think we need to, uh, for times that may come up, who, who would have thought something like this would have come up? Nobody, but here it is. So let's learn the lesson of, you know what? Let's be as prepared as possible for all those things. Let's take some Tuesdays and Fridays, Mondays and Wednesdays. Let's take some of those days as distant learning opportunities where we're running Zoom meetings or we're running a Google Meet uh, in order to teach our kids. Mm. And I think then that helps us prepare for what the next level might be. Because, you know, as technology goes, we're already six, eight months behind of what's next. Right. So I think the more up to date we can be with what's here, we got an opportunity to use what's next. And I also believe that family structure would be helped out in a lot of ways. I mean, a lot of families now are spending, obviously, a lot of time together. But if we could bring this opportunity in education to help fulfill some of the family needs of togetherness, mm. I think we should take that opportunity. Well, wow, there's a lot of pluses with that, isn't there? I agree. Yeah. I agree. And education, I mean, as an educator, um, I think for the most part, all of us, not maybe not all, most of us um, are always looking to get better, are always yes. looking for new ways. And you, you are right. Education is slow to change. Yes. But guess what? We're not slow anymore. No. Because this has just pushed our feet right into the fire as far as how do we not only deliver instruction and uh, information to kids, but how do we make sure that they're okay when they're not right in front of us? Or right. we can't reach out and give them a hug or shake their hand or just call them down the office or see them in the hallway and talk to them. So the communication skills from education and educators to students is changing too. Well, there's no uh, doubt. I, I was just going to say, I think what teachers are, and I know because in our home, our dining room now is the math virtual classroom. Right. Because my wife is a math teacher. And the number one issue she has is she can't look out into the class and see mm. the kids' faces like, uh-oh, they don't get it. I better right. go over this again. Or, yep. uh-oh, something's not right with him. I'll make sure and touch base with that student before they leave. And I think that's what you're talking about is yeah. that communication. Then the other thing it does is even me sending an email to staff, I'm not even kidding, I don't send it until I've read it 10 times because you have to be so clear Ugh. with what you're trying to say yes. without being face-to-face. -face. Mm. So, you know, it's imperative that we learn to communicate even in a more detailed manner, uh, which I don't think is a bad thing. I think right. that's a good lesson to learn. And again, we, we could all be sitting at home being very upset about what's going on, 
and so on and so forth, but I believe teachers as a whole are excited about some new learning mm -hmm. and are willing to do so because I believe they see it will serve our students of the future even better. Yep, uh, that, well said. Right after our staff meeting today, we had our department meeting, a little PLC group and some other people joined, and we all um, we definitely talked about how difficult this is yes. workload-wise because oh. we are making changes and delivering differently than we normally would. It's gotten out of, out of our comfort zone for sure. And we are working hard, but nobody was complaining. Everybody also had in that same conversation how much they miss their kids, how much, how much they want to make sure things are okay with them, how much they want to get things right to deliver information to them. Right. And I think the hearts of educators, that's why it's really hit me there's been a lot of talk with, you know, um, there's total online degree programs. Yes. And college, especially and older adults, that's, that's fine. The K-12 system is built on the back bones of educators, yes. teachers, administrators, counselors, hall monitors, secretaries, coaches, everybody, food yep. service workers, custodians, everybody. You cannot replace this face-to-face -face interaction. So I'm glad to hear you say that, you know what, some of the changes that we may have to do, like I've done in the hybrid classes for years, hey, we're always going to have the face-to-face, -face, but you know what, there's going to be a few days here and there, you guys are on your own, learning these skills, checking in, doing things on your own, I'm not there bugging you, Right. I'm judging, uh, juggling time, making appointments during the day when normally you couldn't, helping family out when you normally couldn't, and, and things like that. So I'd love to hear you say that. Um, real quick, what... What are some of the lessons that uh, Dr. DiPonio has taught you in leading through chaos? Boy, it's, again, honest to goodness, did we really talk before this? No, but here, <laughs> here's a great segue. I'm, I was just thinking I wanted to share that, that great leaders, and I view him as a great leader, not only because, you know, the obvious reasons, uh, but his communication skills, his ability to bring levity, levity to a certain tough situation, um, really, really bodes well for him as a leader, as it does for most leaders who, who have those capabilities. But I think what he has brought to light more than anything else is he is a person who can be comfortable when the situation is uncomfortable. Mm. And I'll tell you what, people who want to be successful, you are not going to be in a comfortable position more often than not. So you need to learn the skill of working through that and understanding, I better be able to thrive and shine when the storm is the worst because I need to be the calm for some people. Mm. I need to be the vision when the storm is going to be over for other people. And again, if you think about it, servicing, 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 and that's what he does nonstop. Um, so I just think it's a, he's a tremendous example. He's a humble person who has stopped by every single time at the food service that we've been giving food out every single time he's there, making sure things are okay. You guys need anything. And I'm telling you right now, if, if we told him we need a double cheese from Mickey D's, we'd be back in five minutes because he's, <laughs> he's willing to provide whatever it takes to make sure that everybody is, you know, fulfilled mm. with their needs. Um, yeah. So it's good stuff. He's a phenomenal yeah. leader and phenomenal person. And again, another example of how people are watching. So people yes. are picking up what he's doing and how he's acting, what he's saying. Yes. You know, and yes. uh, again, it's, it is that beacon of light. It is that anchor point that the waves are crashing all over the place, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hook on uh, to that guy and follow him. Yep. 
and listen to him and learn from him and help him and, yeah. and pick up skills that you can do. That's fantastic. That's yeah. um, real quick, you got any time uh, as far as reading books? You got any books that you're reading that are really good or a, a past favorite one that you can share or a couple even? Actually, I, I have started um, using Audible. Uh, because I go on, I've been walking about six miles a day, which is really, really good. And I put on a book and I am reading right now, The Man on the Mountaintop. And it mm. is an Audible original. So I'm not even sure if it's available to purchase. But it's really, really a cool book about the, the, it's really a group of monks in a hermitage up at the top of a hill that's 10 miles from a town. And there's the holy man in there. And the real key message in the book is, People wait in line for weeks and weeks and meet sometimes months to see this person for one minute. That's all mm. you get is a minute walking through the house wow. for the hermitage. Yeah. Uh, but he's the holy man. So everybody wants to see him. But what they always share with him is something they've learned while waiting in line. So what it speaks to is understanding that the process that we go mm. through on our way to whatever we're seeking is the most important learning time of ever, of all. So I, I say to math students, because my, my wife goes crazy, kids don't want to show their work. The process of getting to an answer or attaining a goal or whatever is where you're going to demonstrate your learning and learn the most. It's not that you get the result. And as you know, as a great basketball coach, you know those practices and those tough times during the games, and maybe you'll lose a few, but the process of going through that helps you win in a really tough, big game. Mm. So I think that um, all you kids who do listen to this, understand the process you go through is the most important part of it. The result's going to be the result. If you take care of all your business in the process, you're usually going to have a positive result. But not always. And that's okay. You just go through the next process and get better. That's right. It's the joy of the journey, isn't it? Absolutely. So that book has really hammered that home. I've also listened to uh, Band of Brothers, mm. you know, which is a war book about a parachute uh, team that gets together and does amazing things because they learn to become cohesive when the storm, obviously storm, meaning bullets and bombs around you, is at the greatest. And uh, because of that brotherhood they develop, they survive and move on. That's very um, cool. Oh, it's very cool. So I've been, uh, yeah, fortunate enough to spend some time uh, listening. And, uh, and again, I've read my Dale Carnegie, How to Win Friends and Influence People, because that's one of the best books I've ever, ever read. Literally, nice. I'm on time nine. So that's how good it is. And it, isn't it so um, important? I think a lot of people, my wife always gets, gets on me when I watch another movie for the 50th time or didn't you already read that book two times already? <laughs> Every time I read it, something again, or watch something again, I'm in a different place in my life. So I always find myself seeing things differently, thinking different thoughts, coming up with different answers and stuff. Is that obviously the same for you? 100% true. You find something else to share out of it yep. all the time. Yeah, pretty amazing. That's fantastic. One book I just got done with, just to add it to your list, is The Rabbit Effect. Okay. Uh, I'll send you the link for uh, John, my buddy, John O'Leary, who I just love his podcast, interviewed the author, uh, Dr. Kelly Harding. And just, it's about the science of kindness and just the study after study and the example after example, that is just like right in your wheelhouse. Love that. One I'm reading now is Raise Your Game. Okay. Okay. By Alan Stein Jr. One of our, um, she's a sophomore, one of our sophomores 
found herself, I, you know, she was reading like all the time before games and stuff. I'm like, oh, what are you doing? You know, classwork or schoolwork? Or nope, just reading a book my aunt got for me, you know, all these leadership things. And she got this one and she had, you know, just bookmarks in the whole thing, right? Just going yep. crazy. Her and her aunt got this book for all the coaches. Wow. And that's really cool. And somehow they got the author to sign a little, you know, a quote in the front wishing nice. us well, you know? Nice. And if you're anything, I don't know if anybody's like me, but I showed this to her. I got red ink all over yep. with yep. quotes and little notes. And, and she says, oh, my God, Mr. that would just you know drive me nuts. That's why I got to have the, the, <laughs> the little sticky notes in there. Uh, but I, I love writing in, um, in, in the red ink. A long time ago, somebody mentioned about when you're reading, and I definitely have had this issue all throughout my life. So whether it's um, not paying attention well, ADA, whatever. Um, using red ink is a way to slow yourself down and you're reading it two or three times. And so highlighters are different. Okay. Uh, a different color pen. In fact, my red one just ran out, so I need to get a new one. But, um, so just making those notations. So even if you don't like reading you guys, you know, um, anybody who's a leader and my wife even noticed this on all these interviews that we're seeing on TV, you know, with the zooms and the yep. newscasts you look in the background of, I, I, it's going to be 75% of the people you see on these videos. There's a bookshelf behind them. Yeah. You know, yeah. as far as books that they've read and everything, which sure. is just, which is just fantastic. Either that or they're very wealthy and have a den in their home. One or the other. There you go. <laughs> there you go. And not just a bookshelf. Yeah. Right. Um, almost ready to end this here, coach. I want to get one thing and show you one more thing, but um, besides seeing your family and friends and hugging them, um, is there one special place maybe you and your wife would love to go to when this thing is lifted and, and you can go out and do something that you want to do again? Is there a date night that you're going to have? What, what's the first thing that you'd love to get to go and do with your wife or with your family or whatever? Well, it's funny because having a granddaughter really drives a lot of this stuff now, but I think we all love the zoo. Ah. You know, and, and, and again, like reading a great book, watch a great movie. Every time you go to the zoo, um, number one, it's a wonderful experience. Number two, you find something different you fall in love with. It just happens to be. And if, and if you know, you watch enough animals at the zoo and so on and so forth, it's always pretty much peaceful or it's really fun as the monkeys are flying around or it's <laughs> awe-inspiring as you see a lion walk out. So I think something like that is going to be exactly the first thing that we do. And wh whether our granddaughter goes that time or not, that's something that we'll do. It's just spend two, three hours just walking around. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I think hopefully one of the lessons we all learn is to appreciate all the little things we're capable and able to do in our society. Um, and here we are now on this situation where we're not able to. So hopefully the, the lesson we learn helps us recognize that. Yeah, totally true. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out some way of um, keeping, you know, slowing down and keeping a little part of that. You betcha. You know, like my wife has said, she says, right when the start, she goes, it's almost been like we've been given the gift of time. Yes. You know, and yeah, you know, our, both our kids are home with us and we have dinner every night together. Yep. Which we used to do when they were little. Sure. And, and I understand calendars fill up and you have responsibilities and duties, but um, that has been one thing that the hustle and bustle um, to me has been a positive. Now, what I, you know, give uh, my left arm to get it back, probably, you know, yeah. miss it so much. But at the same time, there's a lot of positives there that I do not want to lose 
uh, and how much I miss people. And uh, I got to make sure I tell them that too. All right, before we finish up, let me go get on the move here. There's something you mentioned about when you were growing up. Pulling something out of the refrigerator right now. All right, I like it. Oh, yeah. From the daily, you mentioned going to dailies. And getting the foot long, man. Holy and, smokes. And see, there's nobody, there's not many people, because I think that's one of the only ones around. It was in Westland, wasn't it? Yeah, it's in, um, okay. it's in Livonia. Livonia. Livonia, yep. And um, it's still there. Uh, and it is, you know, most of our kids, I don't even know if they'd have really something to compare it to. I guess a Coney Island, but... It was just such a cool place and an iconic joint. But again, and, and, and if you think about it, that's not something I would have done on my own. Here's this coach who lives close enough to it that he knew it was there. Yep. Uh, and we'd bike up there. And because he introduced it, and it wasn't daily per se, it was the, the activity and the people that made it such an iconic place for me. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And I yes. think people need to understand the power of, you know, you can go to a restaurant and have a great meal. If you're eating it by yourself, it's not nearly as good as when you're sharing with others. Absolutely. And those kinds of things. So I, I hope they keep those things in mind, their, their power of positivity and making a place very special for others. Yep. That was uh, a restaurant that we went to when I was a kid. Um, we lived in Westland, then we moved to Taylor, and then we bought a house in Northville. And so on the way out, looking for the, the new house and going there, we would always stop certain places but that would be one of the places that we would always stop and of course our last name being daily you know people used to right have, in yeah we fit right <laughs> in you know my dad flashes id wouldn't get anything for it but um hopefully a chuckle there you go it was always a chuckle yeah yeah mr Dale, we remember you being here uh but i found that sauce over at uh randazzo's oh that's awesome and uh, let me tell you it goes good on anything oh so, i bet it does when you mentioned that i just love that well, Coach, thank you so much for spending a few moments. I know you're busy and you got a lot of stuff going on. Um, was there anything else that you, maybe you remember sharing from before that you didn't get a chance to share today that you wanted to leave one lasting thought? No, but, but one of the things that the position has um, allowed me to acquire right now is some perspective and understanding about what some families are going through. Mm -hmm. um, I am literally leaving from here today uh, to deliver something to a family that had to move out of their home and into a hotel we see that we passed out 3000 meals today to 500 plus families. And I think one of the things that gets lost in the hustle and bustle, as you mentioned, that goes on in our regular everyday lives is taking a minute to breathe and step back and just be real thankful for what we have. And now you're, you have always done that. I mean, you do it with a fist bump in the hallway. I can see it, but there's a lot of people who don't take that time. And I think it gets lost and they don't, take that minute or five to tell mom and dad they love them or give someone a handshake or a hug. And, and I hope that this time brings some, some thankfulness to people once things start getting back to normal and, and understanding, you know what? I don't know about you, John, but I go home to a really nice house and I have food in the refrigerator and my sons are there with chowing it all, but it's wonderful. Um, but it's just being thankful for the teeny tiny things in life. And, and I can promise you this, if you are, you'll be a happier person for it. Love that. Yeah, that perspective I found is, is huge for me and the gratitude. Yes, yes. Yeah, really has made a difference. 
Hey, thank you so much. I, I really appreciate this opportunity that you give uh, myself and Will. And I know Mr. Stevens has done it. Mr. Hartley's done it. And, and I really appreciate you giving us this opportunity, man. You're very welcome. Just hang on a quick minute after I let everybody go. Yes, sir. Okay. All right, you guys. Hope you enjoyed that. And uh, can't wait to see you know some of your thoughts and responses and um, some of the, the impacts of some of these thoughts and ideas that uh, Coach has left with us today, That uh, what it makes for you. Um, so I look forward to, to reading your work as I always do. Yes, I read it all. All right. All right, you guys, take care. Thanks again, coach.